So what do we just pop in? Yeah, we just pop like this. We could just start right now. Let's just. Well, we do have it. to like, say hello. Yeah, like hello, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, this is Trek to the Holodeck. I'm Jan. I'm Darius, and I'm Dylan. <laughs> and welcome to the show where we uh, talk about holodeck stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unlike unlike other Star Trek shows, we're only focused on episodes that involve the holodeck. Yeah, yeah. Because we're ranking all the holodeck episodes. We uh, set up our own system that we're called the Drasks, <laughs> and uh, and we're ranking it. Uh, Drasks stands for dialogue, romance, action, action. suspense, <laughs> camp, and stakes. It's a perfect system. And if, if you've never seen an episode of Star Trek or The Next Generation or whatever, you may have no idea what the holodeck is. It's basically like movies or VR, like a combination of those things. It's entertainment in the future. But like not every episode involves a full-fledged holodeck subplot. Sometimes it's just like 10 seconds in the holodeck. We're going to rank those episodes as well. Whereas this is a definitive list that we're creating. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Um, so... What uh, what are we watching this week? We are watching the outrageous Akuna, uh, or Okona, or, or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, season two, episode four, Woo! if memory serves. Cool. Rad. That's a party. It came out in December nineteen eighty eight, December twelfth. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Maybe grab some popcorn. Replicate yourself some popcorn. Yeah. You know. Or sit like, down, sit down on the couch, sit down on your chair, in your office, in your car, wherever you're listening to this. Get ready to go on a trek. Trek. To the holodeck. To the holodeck. Holodeck. Holodeck, holodeck, holodeck. Believe the simulations to be this real. Much of it is real, sir. I disengage the safety protocols. Not that even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Please enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. You may enter. Man, really, Dylan really couldn't handle not having a script. No, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I really didn't understand what we were doing. Like, I completely had no idea what was going on until about right, halfway man. through it. And then I was like, oh, we're just... There's like... I thought you There's like a hundred holodeck episodes. You got a lot of time to practice. I thought you I thought you were talking about just like just going into it and not doing any of that stuff. So when you started doing that Gosh. stuff, I was like, we're just doing it again, but without the script. <laughs> I'm trying to make it more free flowy. Anyways, Sorry. it's a work in yeah, progress. I fucked yeah. that up. My bad. That's <laughs> no, okay. No, you didn't fuck anything <laughs> up. There's nothing to fuck up. No. It's I guess a podcast. True. This is episode twenty nine of TNG. Uh it aired December twelfth. 1988. Um, oh, yeah. The tel the teleplay was by Burton Armis. He was originally a NYPD detective. What? Yeah. Yeah, and eventually he co-produced a TV show, NYPD Blue. And I could never have guessed that based on watching this episode. Yeah, none that's of this to me weird. reads as NYPD de- detective, with exception <clears throat> to maybe the music, who was done by Ooh. Ron Jones. Ron Jones, Ron Jones, Ron Jones, Ronnie Ron J. Oh, that's very exciting. <laughs> Love Ron. The, uh, we should also give a story by credit to Les Mention and Lance Dixon and David Landsberg, three people who I guess presumably pitched a story and beat beat it out, and also then never worked on Star Trek ever again. What? So that's so this is, wild. This is, <laughs> The vibes of this episode are very much Icarus Factory in a sense of like there's just no longevity to any yeah. of the people involved. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's as bad as Icarus Factory though. No. No. I think this is much more entertaining because totally. it's got data in it. Data's totally. doing his weird stuff. Uh, it was directed by Robert Becker, who also directed uh, We'll Always Have Paris featuring the holodeck. Um, and a Apparently he died in 1993 in a road accident, which is very sad. That's really so, sad. Super fucking oh, sad. Yeah, rest in yeah. peace, Robert Becker. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but we'll always have Paris. We will. We will we'll always have. We'll always have Paris. We'll always so, have. We'll always have Paris. <laughs> Some guest star shoutouts. Uh, William O. Campbell was Thadion. I think we only hear his name once. His first name, 
He said that once Thadian? on the bridge, yeah. Thadian. Okona? <laughs> Sweet Christ. He was a second choice for Riker, which yeah. makes total sense. Um, I mean, he would have been a much more like, I don't know, active Riker. Because like, uh, William Frakes is just kind of like... Jonathan. Sorry, Jonathan. Sweet Christ. Um, he's Jonathan very Riker. like... Jonathan Riker. <laughs> Jonathan Riker is very... That's his uh, twin brother that got created in a transporter accident. <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> William Frakes. But he's very kind of laid back cool. And this guy's very yeah. like, hey, I'm cool. Like, look at me. Yeah. Which is... Uh, a friend of mine got me this new book, this insane book. Oh. It covers every episode of The Next Generation. I saw oh that on our God. Discord. And you posted it on our Discord. Yeah. That's by awesome. the way, check out the Trek to the Holodeck Discord. Yeah. Just <laughs> um, search for Trek to the Holodeck. And in the notes for that, it says that the reason they didn't go with William Campbell for Riker is because he didn't have a sense of authority. Oh. Whereas Frakes apparently did. Okay. He does feel sense. like a child. See. He doesn't feel very authoritative. Yeah, he, he feels like he's got like a lieutenant commander mm-hmm. vibe, not a commander yeah. vibe. He's like, I like the fuck. <laughs> like, outwardly. Jan, I'm asking you this mainly because you're our resident Canadian. But is William O'Campbell sure. Canadian? Good question. I think he uh, is. I didn't see that. Or he's from like... Did he have some accents? He's from like the upper Midwest because he said... The way he said sorry... Oh, man. Sorry. Had to be Canadian. Charlottesville, Virginia. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Right. Uh, he's from Charlottesville. She's from Charlottesville, Virginia. Never mind then. <laughs> fuck me, right? Yeah. yeah fuck you. This, just awful. He's also the fucking, he was the rocketeer. Ro- how dare you? What's the that rocketeer is, is an American I don't hero. Know the yeah. You don't know the I rocketeer? Guess I'm too young. That, no, no, that, we just didn't watch Still that. Knows I know who the rocketeer is, but that's just something in our household we did not what is it? ever sure. watch. We just didn't do it. It was a it, 90s thing, right? Uh, yeah, and it's directed by the same guy who did. Captain America, the first Avenger. So it's like a very okay. like 50s, 40s style like adventure movie. Yeah. The Rocketeer is, is a dude with a fucking rocket strapped to his back. <laughs> he fights Nazis. I mean, that makes yeah, sense. a lot of people love it's the great. Rocketeer. So. It's super 90s. Yeah. <clears throat> Highly 90s. Um, let's continue on with these guest star shout outs because we're there's quite a bit. Cut shout outs. Um, this one was like a, a fucking triple take for me. This next one coming up. Which one? Terry Hatcher as B.G. Robinson, a lieutenant transporter chief. Uh, She's the first lady that Okona seduces, like who, immediately. Who, Who's I Terry know. Hatcher? Who is she? We're, yeah. Yeah, Darius know, are I'm like, too, I'm so, so old, lame right We're too now. young, I think. <laughs> so she was Lois Lane in The Adventures of Lois and okay. Clark. Right. Oh, she was in Superman. Or, and, is she a Bond um, she girl? She was in Desperate Housewives. And she was in Tomorrow Never Dies as a Bond girl. Ah, okay. All right. Well, that's wild if... Uh... I think she was also in um, Seinfeld as their real and their spectacular lady. You know? You guys <laughs> yeah, know Seinfeld? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Anyway. Anyway. Apparently her role was much bigger in the script, but it, it didn't make it in the cut. And so she asked to be uncredited. Oh, wow. Whoa, that's wild! I know, she had is, a lot of a, at this yeah. point in time because it's been a while since I've watched TNG. <gasps> you go back She's and watch it again. At this point in time, is uh, is O'Brien on the transporter a lot? <laughs> Did they like bump O'Brien off the transporter just so they could have like someone for him to hit on when he yeah. like transports in? Yeah. Well, let's. I hope so. Yeah. And you know what would have been way better is if O'Brien was the <laughs> one who got hit on. Yeah, and O'Brien was like, "Hey, I know, totally." <laughs> I mean, I get a vibe from Okona that like he might hit on anything. Totally. Uh, yeah. In this episode, they keep keep him pretty heterosexual. Yeah. But he's got that charm. Anything that moves. Wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's also like it at this point. I think in the show to answer your question, Dylan O'Brien kind of is just wherever they want him to be. Yeah, a little bit later, they're just like, let's just keep him in the transporter room. That makes it that makes sense. Clearer. Yeah, it feels like yeah, O'Brien yeah. was like one of those characters that yeah they just used whenever, and then realized that he was so great that they started involving him more in, in other stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and last guest star shout out uh, before we move on is Joe Piscovo. Um, 
played the comic Ronald D. Moore, and he was on SNL. Ronald B. Moore. A- Ronald B. Moore, sorry. R- Isn't Ronald D. Moore an actual, like, I Trek think so. Writer or something? Or producers or so shit? Here's, yeah, here's another little trivia. D. Moore is, like, the graphics guy who's in charge of doing all those screens and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he, as an Eastern egg, made himself the comic. Uh, and, I, when, and I can't remember, uh, I can't remember the name of the comic club that they're in, the cabaret, but that's also a little trivia Easter egg because it was named after a uh, like an art department person for Star Trek TNG. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's an so art director. Cute. Yeah. How cute. So, yeah. All right. Should we uh And D Moore is a writer, but he's not on the show. But Ronald B. Oh, Moore, okay. uh the actor Joe Piscopo was on SNL from eighty to eighty four, which makes sense because that uh character that he does, he's a character guy. I didn't think he was funny. No, I'm sorry. He's, no, he's not funny either. <laughs> it's not funny. Uh, should we get into it? Let's do a little quick rundown. <laughs> well, before we get into it, into it, would you guys would you guys recommend this episode just for the holodeck content? Yes. Oh, I, I watching would. Data bomb is really something. So maybe, maybe this is a tough one. And while I don't think uh, the comedian's very funny, I I, I kind of liked it. I would I would. Only suggest it to watch Data do uh, the impression of um, Jerry Lewis because that is funny. That is very funny. The split second that he does it, it's really great. So yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I would not. I would not recommend this one. Yeah. I feel like we're all over the place with this question. <laughs> Always, we're always all over this, the place. This is a tough. This is a tough episode too. Uh, uh, let's just get into it. Let's go through the synopsis yeah. and let's yeah. get into it. Okay, so they we open up. They find this ship that's like kind of bumbling around space, and they're like, the ship looks kind of fucked up. Uh, let's try to help this person. Um, and then mm-hmm. they, you know, they open a, a direct line, and the first thing we see is like his butt because he's like leaning over, like doing something. Um, and he's kind of chumming it up, and Picard kind of doesn't seem to be having it. But Troy is like thoroughly enjoying the bullshit uh, that's going on screen. Um, and then yeah, he, Picard's like, "Troy, what's your read on him?" She's like, "He's harmless. He's a he's fine. personable yeah. person." Well, doesn't <laughs> he she say lies a lot? But <laughs> she says like, "I think it would be defined as a rogue." Is like her like final definition yeah. of. This guy. And then he turns around and he's super hot. And everyone's like, whoa. And Data doesn't know what a rogue <laughs> is. So he has to like look it up in his mind. And then yeah. he's like, oh, now I know what that is. Yeah. There's a lot of Data looking up Which things I, in his mind. You know mind what? I call episode. bullshit on that, Data. <laughs> I call bullshit on the story like mechanic. kind of like at the. I call bullshit on the story mechanic of Data having to look things up in his mind. Because, like, if he's an android, it should just automatically, like, hear that word and then do the research for him. And be like, I know it. You know how how you don't, like, think, like, what is the definition of this? Ah, yes, I know it. I think Data's doing it for the attention. I think, you know, he's, like, six years old at this point. (laughs) And he's just learned, like, oh, when I do this, people pay attention. Like, oh, Rogue, I don't recognize that. Oh, I get it now. And everybody's like, okay, Data, right, Data we paid attention to you. Up, Jesus. <laughs> um, uh. So they, they offer to, to, to fix his ship uh, and they beam him on board. Uh, and he immediately just completely ignores Data for some reason and shakes everyone else's hand. And assumes um, that Wesley is Data. Yeah, that was really weird. It it was weird, right? Like it felt like he was being prejudiced against androids, but he had no idea that Data was an android. So, like, why? Yeah, that that was very weird. Um, but then he goes over to the super hot, uh, you know, transporter lady, and is like, "Hey," and is very charming and creepy. But she's into it. She is she, into she, it. She, it's probably the long ponytail that he has. Oh, he God. looks. God. He looks like if like a a, a youth minister <laughs> decided to cosplay as Han Solo, but didn't oh. commit to cutting his hair. I don't know. <laughs> 
That's insanely there, accurate. There's one shot of him when he's putting his vest back on that he flips the ponytail back up and over the vest. Oh, oh I love it. no. I love no. it. <laughs> oh, my God. I also love how much uh, throughout this whole episode, Riker is just fucking loving this. So he's like, right he's like, beginning. oh man, that's if I had no game. Yeah. <laughs> it's right in the beginning. But it's actually the opposite. <laughs> when, uh, when Akona, uh, hears the voice of the transporter who's in the, tra- who's in the transporter room and goes, is that a woman? And the card's like, yeah, it's God. a woman. Like, what does it matter? And then you just see the smile on Riker's face, like being like, yeah, this guy's a player. This guy's gonna. I, I know the time. Yeah, I know when, when I see one. And when Picard's like, <laughs> he's like, so funny. Why are you laughing? He's just like, he has to like cover for himself. So he basically just says like, well, isn't our normal like unusual anyways or something along the lines of that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> he says something weird, but he also says yeah something weird like I know like I know these guys this guy's game or something. He says something like that. I I can't remember what it is. He's basically like, I think Riker's like, you know, I could totally slay pussy if I wanted to. I just, um, <laughs> I just have more authority. Because uh, at one point he does say like, and he's got a healthy libido. Uh, I was like, okay, Riker, that's, you know, that's a, that's a deep read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he says something along the lines of his vision is good or something like that. And he has a healthy libido. And you're like, God, Riker. Like back, relax. Cool dude. it, yeah. <laughs> cool it, dude. There was a lot of cool it in this episode for me, especially outside of the holodeck. Like when they come out of the the transporter room, and he turns to Riker, whatever, and was, or Data, or somebody, and is like, "Now that's sex appeal." And oh, I was God. like, that was "Oh, data. please, he says it's fuck data. off!" Yeah, mm. it was disgusting. And Data's like, "Oh yeah, sex appeal. That doesn't mean anything to me. I'm an android." <laughs> And we're like, okay, Data. Hey, data yeah. God, who's more annoying here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Early also, Data is so annoying. Uh, he really is. Yeah, oh, my God. Wesley also kind of like at first is like, I think I like him. Yeah. And then and then he like flip flops. He's like, no, I don't like you. Like you're, you're you don't have attachments. It's like, no, but you like him. Yeah. You, he's you, really you like enjoying him. the shit at the beginning, and he's smiling. Yeah. Anyways, At he, data's expense. he's getting his ship fixed and he's going around and hitting on all the crew, all the, the, uh, women on the crew. And, uh, at this point we run into uh, another ship. Um, and it's a ship from which in the beginning, uh, Picard does his captain's log. We open up on the captain's log and he's talking about how they're exploring a part of space that has two planets that, uh, were colonized are both alike in dignity. Yeah, basically, <laughs> this is Romeo. it's Romeo and Juliet. Um, <laughs> oh two planets God. that were colonized by the same species that eventually grew apart, but then like got into a war with each other, um, and are trying to keep the peace. Um, and so we see <laughs> one of the ships from one of those planets. I don't know the names of these planets, but um, shows up and wants Akona because he is a criminal. He has broken the law, but won't tell us what he's done. Like, why he's a criminal. They have this, like, little running bit whenever these ships show up, too. Uh, This started with Okona's ship, actually. Like, Worf's like, um, it's only got lasers. Like, it doesn't even have phasers. (laughs) And then they do it, they do it with the, uh, the, the first ship, and then it's like, and then another ship shows up. It's like, yep, just lasers. It's like, okay, I, I think this is the first time I've ever heard the word lasers in me Star Trek. Me too, yep. yeah. Well, I mean, like in the next generation. It yeah. really threw it, me off. It's very obvious that it's like, oh, Earth started with lasers, and then they moved on to phasers. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I think uh, Worf has a has a a line that basically is just like another, I can't remember what he calls it, but basically says there's another gnat. Like, yeah, it's he's a, such a an asshole. Of a <laughs> he's such an asshole. Like, especially in these early seasons when he's like, oh, they only have lasers. What a bunch of fucking losers. Like, we're good. We're good. Picard, we're good. Everything's it's cool. Like, Everything's hey, cool. Hey, Worf, that's great news. That means we don't have to worry about a battle. And he's like, I yeah, know it sucks. Yeah. I wish we fucking sucked. I wish we did get to battle. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! He has a lot of rage. He's in already this fucking raging. Yeah, he's like he's very. He raging. totally does. Just when when um Okona, I th- fuck Okona, right? Okay, <clears throat> is like sleezing himself around. Uh, the the first time we see that he's like has a date, 
I think he's walking with Data or Wesley, and he's like, I got somewhere to be. And, like, the door behind him immediately opens up, and the <laughs> the uh, teleporter or lady is like... Ensign. The ensign from the teleporter. Yeah, is, like, <laughs> sexually Lieutenant sitting... Lieutenant Robinson. Sorry, yes, thank you. She's, like, sexually sitting on the bed and then gets up and looks like she's walking at you. Like it doesn't look it it's this yeah. very uncomfortable like weird <laughs> VR situation where like she comes walking to him and it's like what the fuck and then there's this crazy flute there's this delicious like uh romantic 90s flute going on it's really something ahead of its time because it came out in 88 <laughs> the 90s flute Ron Jones Ooh. man <laughs> I Ron love Jones. the music in this uh, yeah like it's let's great. it's so over the top. It's overscored. He overscored this whole episode, but it yeah. feels so good. I don't know why. <laughs> well, if it here's my I think that if you took the score out, this is a 100% snoozer for me. Totally. Like it, I just it, it's it's barely not a snoozer. Can we create as like is. a digital but the music stamp. is there. It's like okay. Yeah. Can we create like a digital stamp that says snoozer and just like stamp it on certain <laughs> So is this one a snoozer? Direct to the snoozer. Could chink. And it's it, it it fumbles so badly trying not to be a snoozer because they're like, oh, we need a B plot. What's the B plot? It's like, yeah. oh, maybe Okona for half a second says that Data doesn't understand humor, and then Data will like yeah. care about that. Yeah, and, and that'll be the B and plot. And they spend a lot yeah. of time on this B plot because they, they really realized do. That they needed a, a B plot. Yeah, and so and this so, B plot is uh, yeah. Data doesn't understand humor. He goes to Guinan and is talking to Guinan about how he doesn't understand humor. She's trying to coach him through it. She's incredibly patient up, with him. <laughs> incredibly patient he ends up creating a holodeck program uh which we'll get to to teach him humor to teach him how to be funny or to teach him to understand humor in any way as a human um which he is already naturally funny in how clueless he is and what he says yeah he does <laughs> innocence yeah <laughs> yeah he doesn't realize how funny he really is because there's a couple moments where he says something so, like I'm, he says something, and Gannon's like, that's funny. And he's like, I don't understand. Like, early days is all robotic and, and funny. Meanwhile, like, so these two ships are, like, there. They're like, we both want Okona. And Worf has – the first thing Worf did when Okona came aboard was, like, I recommend we, like, limit his access to the ship. So, <laughs> naturally, Okona is literally everywhere Every- on the ship. <laughs> Everywhere he if he has access to engineering, so <laughs> it, it begs the question: What does limited access mean on the Enterprise D? Because if you have access to fucking engineering, he's just chilling. Well, limited access also might mean that he uh, can't go anywhere without an escort. Like someone has some That's higher up true. has to be with him at some point. And since his stuff his stuff is being worked on by Jordy in engineering, he has which to I be love there. this. Like multiple times they cut back to them in engineering and they're like, Jordy, how's it going? And Jordy's like, I'm working. Get out of my hair. Like it'll be done when it's done. Like (laughs) I don't need any distractions right now. I like to think that he's just walking around the Enterprise and Worf is like fuming, like stalking him where he's just like, do, 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 like goes into engineering and like Worf comes out of the behind the corner like, God damn it, nobody's stopping him. He's Odo. Nobody's going to do anything. Yeah, he's. (laughs) I'm watching you. <laughs> and he, like, he's constantly complaining to Picard. Like, uh, he was in engineering, and Picard's like, I have other things to do, Worf. Please don't don't talk to me right now. And he's like, ah, Can you just, it? It is, <laughs> if he does something, let me know. It is fascinating because like early Worf and even later on Worf is very Odo-like in his security yeah. chief aspect. And so it's interesting when they brought him, Worf, onto DS9. Yeah. Him and Odo butt heads on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But then they realized that they couldn't just have two of the same type of security personnel on <laughs> yeah. a show. And so they had to like change Worf's whole game, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they make he him a commander. Be, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty rad. There uh, is a scene where you, uh, basically Picard has had it with Okona's shit because like the two <laughs> ships are there and they're like, yeah, Okona got like my daughter pregnant. And the other guy's like, yeah, and Okona stole the best jewel from my planet. 
And Picard's like, I'm fucking through with this. Worf, <laughs> what's going on? Where, where's Arcona? And Worf is like, he's been in three crew members' rooms. <laughs> it's like, okay, go get him. And he's like, fuck yes. Fuck yes. And Worf's it's like, the most I get to insanely intense. The Ron Jones scoring for this. Se- I just want to like cut this sequence and post it because yeah. it's just him like angrily ro- walking. He's like, I'm going to get Okona. It, it really shows how little they had to do in this episode. Like they're so psyched that they that Worf is just going to like go get a Kona. So they're like, let's, let's, let's zone in on this sequence. This will be great. Cause there's nothing else going on. Yeah, that's the- interesting at all. <laughs> and then he, he walks into a quarters that a Kona's in, uh, basically catches him kissing another, uh, a crew member on board and <laughs> which hello invasion of privacy. Totally. Yes. Um, <laughs> And he's like, you're coming with me, basically. And then Kona is like, ah, give me a second. I'm in the middle of something. And Worf's like, nope, you're coming with me. And there's this moment where Kona walks up and like stares Worf in the face. And then Worf was like, I want to, but I have orders. And you're like, did Kona just say something to him like mentally? Or was it just the look of, I want to fight you right now? And that, Worf's that's like, maybe I the most interesting part too. of the episode, <laughs> but <Yeah>. I can't. Because <laughs> I feel it, yeah, I had that moment too, where I was like, Did, did I miss did something? Skip? Did the yeah. Netflix skip or something? Yeah. Did I snooze fast for two point three five seconds? <laughs> I feel like an, a very interesting plot point could have and should have been Worf as like strict security dad, and this guy just you know fucking around. I would have watched the shit out of that. I would have watched the shit out of uh, Worf constantly. There, there is a version of this episode where Okona is actually outrageous. He is. It's because <laughs> all he does is bang. That's <laughs> so like, like to make Tuvok a long, bangs. To make a long so. story short, in this situation, he pulls Okona in. Arcona, I don't know how you say his name. No one knows Akona. how to say his name. Everyone says it Akona. different. Even the people in this, yeah, they say Okana. Okana. Okona. Um, he pulls him up and to the bridge and then Picard's like hey you guys I don't want to do this conference call anymore it's just it's too complicated (laughs) so just come on board and we'll figure all this stuff out uh yeah and that's when he does does Picard mute it or does Worf mute it preemptively uh Picard Picard asks yeah Picard turns around and goes he's just like Picard turns turns around around and goes like mute like that got it (laughs) (laughs) got it (laughs) oh my god this, um, how often does this happen too with Picard? Where like, because because Worf knew immediately what to do. He was like, I'm just going to mute it. Yep. <laughs> like, um, so they get they get him into the conference room and the, they have a whole disagreement. And we find out that it's basically Romeo and Juliet, the son of one uh, commander, got is in love with the daughter of the other commander and got her pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, we also find out right before this uh, that they want Akona because. Jan said it, but the pregnancy and the jewel. Um, And we find out that they're in love and Akona has been shuttling them back and forth to see each other. And he was shuttling this rock that the son gave him to give to her so that they could get married. So it's Romeo and Juliet in this situation, except for they don't end up killing each other. And the parents kind of get along for a second and then it's classic in-laws classic yeah in-laws. they're like nope they're gonna live on my planet because i'm gonna ha- i'm not gonna let my grandson grow up on your planet this truly is one of the goofier trek episodes where like yeah. it's just kind of like what the fuck is going on it's like such, such low early season low stakes stuff yeah and totally i mean like we talk about romeo and Juliet to this day because of the tragedy this episode is like, oh, but what if in Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> nothing bad happened, and we just move and then on. at the end of that whole That's, thing, Picard's like, I'm done. I don't want to listen to this anymore. You guys figure this out yourself. I'm leaving, and just walks out of the he room. He turns around, and he tells Worf to torpedo both ships, <laughs> like in Booby Trap. Blow him up. Honestly, I, I would watch a whole show... A whole like twenty-seven episode season of the the bullshit that Picard has to put up with. Not the fun episodes, but this sort of shit. I would watch Picard just be so annoyed with the amount of shit that he has to deal with. 
That's that's kind of what Lower Decks is. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's just like the the the, the sea missions of uh, okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> but the the uh, dissatisfaction that Picard has with these these yeah. interactions is so satisfying. He is just totally. so fucking annoyed. It's great. So that whole thing happens. Uh, okay, and then Okona leaves, and we never see him again. Thank, Thank God. God. Oh, and it ends with um, <laughs> it ends with. Another holodeck scene, which we'll get to, but basically, yeah. uh, it ends with uh, Data not understanding comedy. Oh, there's also some really great scenes where he's trying to tell jokes to Guinan, and he's forward, doing, yeah. The, yeah, and he's doing this weird like ha- thing with his hands. His hands just keep going up and down, and he's like, "Hey, so I told him he's doing this like weird like <laughs> Chicago accent or something." It's uh, I feel like it's, it's a, pretty awful. I feel- as somebody who's been in comedy for a while, as all of us have, I feel like it's probably an impression of a comedian that I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Or just that's, I mean, yeah. It, he's totally the dude who is in the 101 improv class. And it's because enough people are like, have told him that he's really funny, but all he, but all he ever really does actually is quote stand up specials that he's seen. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and so it, then he starts doing scenes and he starts quoting. Oh. The stand-up comedians and everybody else is like, this isn't improv. You're just <laughs> you're just quoting Jim Gaffigan. I remember the joke that he says that wasn't a joke to him that Guinan loved because he tells this joke really like uh, doing this whole thing with his hands, hands back yeah. and forth, a back and forth with a cigar <laughs> in his hand. And Guinan goes like, I think your timing was off. And Data goes, my, my timing's digital. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like now, that's funny, and he's like, "What the fuck? Why is that funny?" Yeah, I love it when Guinan's like, "That wasn't funny," and he's like, "What? It wasn't funny." It's like, it checked all the boxes. I did this, 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 this. And this is another example of people just giving data shit because he's a robot and he doesn't have feelings. He really is like the butt yeah. of a lot of jokes, like a lot she, of she jokes. Could, she could have said, you know, a very helpful thing would have been like. Comedy is personal, and you're not doing personal. You're just reciting things like data, yeah, yeah. like like actual information, you know. But yeah. she didn't. She was just like, it's not funny. Letting him fuck up. Yeah. yeah. There's also a setup for a joke here, and I, if we had you know a big following, I would say we should do a contest to see who comes up with the best punchline for this joke because they'd never do the punchline <laughs> in the episode. He says, a monk, a clone, a Ferengi decide to go bowling together. And then Guinan's like, let's move Stop on. Stop now. This yeah, is great. This is I actually love that. Let's create a graphic and we'll throw it up on our Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like insert, insert punchline. Punch like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be super fun. Oh my God. Because what is, I, I try, started trying to think of one. Like this doesn't logically, I feel like you know that the writers just what made the three? a monk a monk, a clone, and a Frangie decide to go bowling together. <laughs> I feel like, like I feel like Guinan was like, "This is gonna get racist. Don't continue. <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't continue." Whenever she's like, "I don't do Frangie jokes. <laughs> They're just I don't do anything." Everyone hates Ferengi. the Frangie. We're just not. Yeah, I'm not gonna deal with it. It's the one species that in Star Trek people are like, "It's okay to be racist against Frangies." They're like, "Oh yeah, fuck they those guys. Those suck. guys are big time yeah. assholes." <laughs> Oh, um, but that's the episode. Again, a big old snooze fest. Ka-chunk, snoozer. I think the only reason why I said I love this episode is because of the uh, because of the scoring. That to me yeah. was the best yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, I would I would download the soundtrack to this episode. Yeah, because it's so it much. I think that they shot this episode, edited it together, watched it back, and was like, "Oh, this is boring." Hey, Ron Jones, can hey, Ron. you make this any better than it is right now? <laughs> Ron's like cracks knuckles yeah. like oh yeah oh I've been waiting for this episode uh, awesome hey you guys want to check the uh, Starfleet archives yes yeah let's check out those let's archives check out the archives accessing Starfleet archives USS Enterprise D holodeck simulating you may now enter the holodeck Hey, Pert. Hey, hey, Lois. Yeah, let these guys yeah. let these guys pass. Wait, what are you doing, Jerry? Let them. What's wrong with on. the holodeck? Why is everyone lined up? Does something happen? 
yeah, yeah, we got. I, I set up a comedy show tonight. It's going to be awesome. We got three or four guys, and we're closing with Data. We, I, I, I talked to Data. He said he was trying to put a comedy act together, um, and I immediately thought, like, money signs just, like, ching like, went into my eyeballs. So... You, you, um, you sent us a, a message on the communicator saying that there was an emergency in Holodeck 3. Yeah, I did. And everybody here got the same message, presumably? Uh, yeah, this is, yeah. And yeah, yeah. We're, wh- why is it that we are lined up? I've never seen so many people out in the halls of the Enterprise D. Because you have to pay to get in. It's like a, It's like an actual show, you know? How do we pay? Oh, you got to Latinum. Yeah, 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 yeah. How much? Okay. Well, I did. I did actually cover. I saw that, and I did cover Tom's and I's fee. Oh, thanks. This so-called cover fee, so we can just go ahead and go in and enjoy the show. Correct? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just know you can't bring any outside drinks in, um, and all of the drink settings on the holodeck have been uh, disabled. So. you can buy snacks from me. I'll be walking around with like a little, a little uh, thingy around my little cart, um, and you can buy stuff from me. So it's gonna be awesome. Really excited you guys are here. Have you been meddling with the programming of the holodeck? No, no, not at all. I just, I, uh, I just put some because meddling with the programming of computer systems causes. A cascade of bugs. For example, earlier this week I uncovered a bug in the Enterprise D system that labeled all phasers on enemy ships as lasers. Oh. I mean... That's a huge deal. Why? I guess so. They're weapons, you know. Well, as we know, lasers would... Well, lasers do practically no damage to the Enterprise D. Yeah. But phasers actually would. Well, for example, just last week when Okona was on board... Mm -hmm. Oh man, Okona We encountered so those two ships and Worf kept saying that they they had lasers locked onto our ship. Well, those were actually phasers. Yet Captain Picard lowered our shields because he thought the threat was so minimal. Hmm. So many people could have died if they actually attacked a ship. Yeah, I guess that's didn't. true. Yeah, but they didn't, you know. You don't understand the gravity of this problem. Well, no, I I, mean, I get it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It's I, it's important. I, I, I sent everybody on the ship a memo. I even wrote it all in capital letters to indicate how a gra- the gravity of the situation. Low, yeah, your, I, your stuff goes straight to spam on my tablet. Yeah, I've been meaning to tell you this. Nobody reads uh-huh. any of your briefs. They don't. I don't. Anyway, I did repair the bug. Hey, congratulations. And now phasers. That's awesome. Thank you. Good for you, man. That's like a good personal victory. You guys remember Okona? Oh, man, that guy was great. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah. He seemed fine. He, he was kind of in and out. Hey, you yeah. remember how uh, they accused him of uh, of being the dad of that uh, that baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I did read the report. But he it was actually... Yeah, it was actually the... Uh, it was the kid. The kid. The, it was the yeah. child. The, the no, it teenage. Wasn't, it wasn't the kid either. No, it was. Oh, That's what I, they said. Was, yeah. It was me. What? It was me. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was the Tom, dad. I, I'm I the do dad. not understand. How, how? She was clearly far along. Yeah. How, when? When would you have impregnated? Yeah. Yanar? Remember about uh, eight months ago when I took that runabout out? I mean, you take a lot of runabouts out, so. Yeah. Yeah, you say you're you're whenever we try to schedule hangouts, you say, Oh, I'm out on the runabout. Well, it was yeah. one of those ones. Sorry. It was one of those ones. Um and we were, I was flying around and I, f- I found one of the planets. Uh I, I can never remember the name. And I like sat down uh, and I was checking out the scenery and stuff like that cuz I like mm-hmm. to explore just, like that. I like to feel like well, I'm an explorer, you know, cuz we're on a ship that explores. So we should explore, right? I mean, we are. And, yeah. Tom, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, 8 months ago, we were looking at this data pad here, dozens of light years away from this position, heading in the opposite direction. And she didn't yeah, even I talk found, to you? I found like a wormhole um that I went through oh, and it, like popped me God. out right there. Um, uh, uh, well, we didn't have a chance to talk. A stable wormhole. You found you, a stable wormhole. You didn't tell anyone. 
You yeah. just found one and then well it was it was it was pretty quick. It's not like uh it's not like I was gone for a whole day. Like okay. We, we hung out for a little bit. Like she showed me around and we just hit it off, you know? It was like a thing and and, well, what, what and, was the name of her planet again, Tom? I, I, like I said, I can never remember on. the name of those planets. You're There's telling so me many of them. she came on board, didn't call you, didn't, she just like didn't say anything to you ever? Yeah, it was like, it was like a one, we both kind of agreed it was a one-time thing and like. Okay. Then how do you know you're the father? Yeah. Tom? Just assumed. That would be like assuming that lasers are not phasers or phasers are lasers. You, you just saw a pregnant woman and assumed that she it, she was carrying it, your child. Yeah, it's a little weird. Anyway, the show's getting started. You guys wanna you guys wanna get in there, get some snacks? Yeah, and, sure. Uh, yeah, I would are love you, to. Are you serving synth hall? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Uh, I will have some Romulan whiskey, please. We don't. We don't have that. We just have Ro- uh, uh, Romulan norm- whiskey's illegal. Yeah, yeah. We don't have that. Okay. I, I got everything from the the replicators. So like, if it's illegal, I Wait, could- so you're just you're just selling us stuff that we could have gotten from the replicator ourselves. Yeah, but I'm making money. That this is that's what this is all about. I don't understand. What is Pert, I feel like you're gonna okay. have a riot on your hands. If you're not careful. Nah, man. Everyone's having a great time. You guys having a great time? Look at that. All right. You hear you know that? What? Fine. I can't. I got. Oh, let's just go hear Data tell terrible jokes. Oh, I found his humor to be quite yeah, refreshing. Of course you did. Jesus. The holodeck. The All right. So the holodeck. holodeck. The holodeck. It's it's two scenes, right? Yep. Just two. <clears throat> yeah, that one where he, uh, you know, does the. Uh, he meets the comedian for the first time, who is not funny. Um, but the holodeck picks him out. Like, this is the funniest motherfucker no. there ever was. Uh, no, no, no. Data picks The holodeck him picks out somebody else, and uh, yeah. the holodeck's explaining it to him, and he goes, mm, because he talks about, they talks about how this uh, comedian does, like, data mathematics or something like that. Jokes on mathematics in some way. Oh, and Data's yeah. like, no, because I that does that's not gonna fly with people that I want to like be funny with. Impress. And so he yeah. picks out somebody else, and he picks out this guy who's Ronald B. Moore. Ronald B. Moore, who looks like he was in like the Lampoon or something. Like he looks like he yeah. went to like a prep school, like some Ivy League college, and was like the real funny guy in like the seventies or something. He, he looks like one of the jocks from Revenge of the Nerds to me. He's got that mullet. <laughs> He's got the big face. He's just got like a big Yeah. I mean uh, just a lot of head. He, he looks like the, the joke classic that he opens comedian. Up, the like they open up and the doors open up and he's like doing the classic like I'm at the mic and I'm pointing off to something. Uh, and then he, the like holodeck starts up and he's like, all right, all right, I got to go. I'd love to take this audience with me, but I took the last audience with me and I'm out of space or something like that. And I'm like, that's not a funny joke. Yeah. Good one. Zinger. Like, I think a funny or not funny joke for me would have been like, I would love to take this audience with me, but my pockets are just too small. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fun. It's so it's so low hanging fruit, and Data <laughs> at every joke is like, "Oh, this is funny." He's like, he deconstructs every joke. Like, yeah. these are all the elements. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. explaining a joke. Uh, yeah. Yes, if I reverse engineer a joke, I can be funny. And the, the holodeck program is like, I mean, oh. I don't think so. I mean, I'm not like super smart or self aware, but yeah. that's not how it works. That's I not think. How that yeah. Works. <laughs> and at one point, he does a impression of. Jerry Lewis, which isn't great. Like I did, did not think it was funny. Lewis? Well, he no, and no. For a second, he does because he gets him up on stage and he's doing the Jerry Lewis or Jerry Lewis, and then uh, and then Data starts to kind of do it, and he like puts weird teeth in his mouth and has this really high pitched, like goofy voice for a couple oh, seconds, yeah. and then he stops and he's like. Okay, and then he says my one of my favorite lines in the whole episode. He says, "Put funny teeth in your mouth and jump around like an idiot. That's funny." 
<laughs> and I was like, yep, that's funny. You yeah, fucking nailed that's it. That's funny. <laughs> Apparently, they initially wanted to get Jerry Lewis, the actual Jerry really? Lewis, oh my. to be the comic. Really? Oh. But he was like busy guest starring in oh, something. That Imagine that. Oh. This could have been like the no, Jerry no, Lewis instead episode. Instead, they got a guy Trek. who had a four-year stint on SNL do an impression of Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Truly the, the SNL during off. the worst years. Yeah. <laughs> like the 80 to 80, when, the, when Lauren wasn't there. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. That... I could imagine like a whole episode with Jerry Lewis and Data. Like I would watch a whole episode. Like it, that kind of reminds me like the Vic Fontaine episodes in in yeah. DS9 mm-hmm. where like you just get a lot of him and he becomes this kind of like mentor. That would have been super fun. And if they would have got Jerry Lewis, I feel like they could have done something like that and it would have been like Data's uh, multi-episode quest to understand humor. Humor. Right? <laughs> That would have been awesome. Oh, man. But, and then there's, and then he, like, uh, he starts doing a set, basically, and then he starts speeding through the whole set so that this he can remember This was Data listening to a podcast on two times speed. <laughs> yeah. Which you're free to do with Trek to you're the Holodeck. You're totally free to do yeah, that. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Uh, because Data, again, is an android and can understand things really quick, which, again, to me, I'm like, this is log- This logic in the storytelling is flawed because Data's an android. All he would have to do is be like, holodeck pause, just ingest it, my brain. Just, uh, yeah, exactly. Just download <laughs> it. Just download he literally could have just yeah, went to the computer and say, like, flash drive, all jokes, all jokes on the computer, and just like put it into his brain and been like, all right, walked, I know all you know the jokes he, now. Here's a deleted scene from this that they probably didn't shoot. Data walks into engineering. And goes, Jordy, I need you to download all the jokes into my brain. And Jordy looks up and goes, sorry, dude, can't use your brain flap right now. I'm in the middle of doing something. <laughs> I'm, oh, man. Just another scene where Jordy says, no. I'm imagining, no. oh, man. Now I'm imagining Jordy opening the brain flap and being like, oh, God, I hate this. What? Just for jokes? Right now? God damn it. <laughs> How many There'd times have to be a scene beforehand that they call Picard and they're like, Picard, we're going to interface Data with the ship because Data wants uh, jokes. He's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and Picard's like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah whatever. That sounds yeah, good. that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's on a Data panel. Uh, he's just go like, ahead. He's on yeah, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. He's playing Bejeweled or something. <laughs> <laughs> playing Tetris. <laughs> Just like on his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, sure. Uh, and the second, the second holodeck scene is at the end when Data has his set in front of the holodeck audience, uh, which he kills. He kills it because as we find out at the end of it, <laughs> it is a holodeck audience that is programmed to laugh at literally anything he does. Which, which I think goes with our, in the past episode, we've noticed that the holodeck has a, has a scale mm-hmm. or like a, an adjustable difficulty level. Yeah. And so it's like, well, we just want him to have a good time. So whatever he says, the audience is going to love. He proves that by after uh, they disappear. And he's talking to Guy and he's like, I'm just going to program a harder audience that like is a little bit more realistic to that. And Guy is like, no, you're not funny. Just stop. (laughs) Um, It's pretty mean. She didn't even try. She didn't. She just really genuinely did not try. You're not funny. And it uh, doesn't matter. So don't worry about it. And Data's like, she's basically said, it's not the only thing about being human. And Data goes like, but it is one of the only things that is intrinsically human or something like that. He needs to learn what humor is. I'm sorry. That's like he does. a big part of being a human being. So Yeah, I think Einan really fucked up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like when you have a teacher who's just like, I just don't think that you're good at math. You know, like you don't. That doesn't. Ha- that's not your job. Yeah, imagine your job is yeah, to help. A teacher sitting you down and be like, "Okay, so you're not good at math. Just don't worry about it. Just you don't need to do any of the homework. You don't need to. It's fine. You just don't need to do anything because <laughs> you're bad at it. So it's it's very strange. It, uh, yeah, incredible. It's like they didn't understand Guinan's character. All right, do Should you guys want to rate this thing? This yeah, snooze fest, kuchunk. When <laughs> when we when we inevitably have a trek to the holodeck morning show, 
um, that's going to be one of the segments of like, was this one a snooze fest? Total snooze fest. Kuchunk. Cuckoo. <laughs> All right, Snoozer. let's go to the, the, the dialogue. What do you, what do you think? It's not good. Mm. It's it's mm-hmm. not, it if the jokes good. were funny, yeah. Like if these if the 19 writers who never worked on Star Trek ever again <laughs> came up, put their heads together and came up with some good jokes. I'm gonna yeah, give I this mean, like he, a zero. A one and a half. Whoa. Zero? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's just no, like go for it, dude. The, there is dialogue. You know, it's there. I'm giving it a zero. I'd actually. give it a higher rating if there was any, it wasn't any dialogue, because at least they made a decision to not have any dialogue in it. All right, one. Okay, all right. Now I feel bad. <laughs> no, give it no, a one. Do it. How about you, you Darius? Uh, zero. I said zero. Romance? There's none. none. Outside of the holiday, there's some romance, you, but oh yeah, outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zero. zero. Action. The only Zero. action there is is the Jerry Lewis impression and the knocking over impression. of the mic. It's so not good. 0.5. I'll give that a point. <laughs> no. Zero. Zero. Suspense. Ab- ab- Zero. Goose egg. Absolutely none. Goose Zero. egg. Camp. Jan, did you give the last two it. zeros? Yeah. Okay. I just didn't know. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just like clearly. No. Con- yeah. yeah. It's uh, not yeah. good. <laughs> Camp. It's pretty okay, camp. campy. It's, it is pretty camp. It's very emblematic of 80s comedy. I don't know if we get any of Ron Jones's. Is it Ron Jones? Ronnie G? Ronnie J? Ronnie J. Uh, scoring. Ron Jones. I don't think we get any Ron of his scoring on the holodeck, do we? If we do. I don't think so. Camp. I don't think so. Great. The camp isn't great, though. It's like, okay, camp. Three. It's not like, I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, Dylan's right. I'll give it a I'll two. I'll give it a two as well. Not three. I'll give it a two. Again, if the jokes were more over the top. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like if they swung harder and missed harder, <laughs> I would have had funnier. more respect for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But instead they like, they didn't swing very hard and they were missing. Yeah, totally. So yeah, yeah. the stakes are non-existent for me. Zero. Except for maybe, maybe Data's... Opportunity of becoming more human. Yeah. The stakes is that guy stake, just shat on. The stakes is data. Is data going to become human? <laughs> no. Yeah, stakes no. is a big old zero. zero for me. I think this might be I'll the worst one. one we've had. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's Computer. worse. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, Say I think, I it's, think worse it's, than it's worse than Ambujitsu. Um, oh, it's going to be. Oh, at least Ambo Jitsu had a little fucking nipple heating action. action. <laughs> and some action. It had action. Shitty action, but it had yeah. action. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right, computer. Computer, what's our final score? Calculating. 0. 0.53. <laughs> oh. Which actually still beats awesome. Second Contact, the first episode. Oh, it does. Oh yeah, I mean that's, that's fair. fair, but it is. There's more stuff. Otherwise, going on. our fifteenth ranked episode. Not a good episode. That's unfortunate. Yeah, this was not not a great one. Snoozer, man. This I I wonder what this would have been like if Roddenberry wasn't still around. You know, because a lot of these early two season stuff episodes, I always feel like the premise is better than what happens. The premise of mm-hmm. a Han Solo character in Star Trek is actually funny because cool. it does not fit. Yeah, you know, and just to see the oil and waterness of it. But otherwise, everybody just mm-hmm. tolerates him, and there's no conflict. Yeah, totally. Except for Worf, right? They should have really dug into the Worf shit. That would have been awesome. This episode could have been oh way more God. like fun with the idea of like a Han Solo character in Star Trek. If, uh, which they've done in the past actually, but if he was more of a bad guy, like, but not like meaning to be a bad guy, like more yeah. of like a, I have to be bad kind of a thing, which, you, you know, who's better at it? Sorry, go ahead. I didn't no, know which they done. did in, uh, is it the original series with, uh, what's his name? 
Mud? Mud. Yeah. Right? And Discovery. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they bring him back in Discovery. Yeah. He's the best. I mean, he is. Yeah. that is the best episode of Discovery. That epi- yep, yeah, that 100%. episode. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Mud feels more like a evil Han Solo of Star Trek. I was going to say, there's there. Is, I agree with that. And I think there is another character who's better. Um, who who they actually do well, and it's the lady. I think her name is Vash. That Picard meets uh, on Risa, and they go on a little adventure together. And she's fucking cool. Yeah. And she and also and she also shows up in Deep Space Nine with Q. I don't remember. You guys her. don't remember this? No. Remember this. You don't remember? No, I don't remember this. Oh my god. No, we're gonna have to check Vash, this out. Star Trek. Am I crazy? Yeah. She's memory alpha calls her a major character in Star Trek. I know he says I know the oh, name Vosh yes, comes yes, up yes, in yes. Picard. Yeah, cuz that's like she, one yeah. of the few women ever that that Picard has been like I'm into this. Yeah. I'm really into this. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she yeah, is awesome. she's really fucking cool. And she's more of a Han Solo character than anybody else. I'll post about her in in our Discord. <laughs> in our Discord. <laughs> in our Discord. Our Discord. All right, sweet crazy. So this is man. That's a, okay. Snooze fest. Yeah. What do we do? Big old snooze fest. Snooze. Yeah. I feel like I snoozer. feel like we need a fucking slam dunk next because we've done we need we've done some snoozers. Yeah. We've done Body and Soul. Yeah. We've done Outrageous <laughs> Okona. Uh, Let's do we did Voyager Alter again. Ego. I know we're doing. I know. Long. I know we haven't done a Deep Space Nine in a while, but let's do Voyager again. Um, the uh, Beowulf got some good episode. Oh yeah. Yo. That Beowulf episode gonna is going to crush. It's going to kill. <laughs> it's going to kill. That Beowulf episode I is don't good. know okay. the... Let me find out the name. Yeah. It's season one. It's like episode like four or five okay, or Heroes and Demons. Yeah. It's season one, episode yeah. 12. Yeah. It's uh, it's on most oh. people's like top holodeck lists. I am pumped. Yes. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Do not watch... If you haven't watched Outrageous Okona... I can I can say that if you've listened to this whole episode that you, it's, it's probably been less of a snooze fest. Yeah. Um, Except if you yeah, want to download really. the soundtrack by Ron Jones. Totally do I it. I don't even know if that's possible. Randy J. Uh, go to YouTube. Randy J, uh, baby. And find as much of this episode on YouTube as you can and do YouTube uh, to MP3 of this. And then you can listen to all of Ron Jones' <laughs> great scoring on this. Oh my God! You can. I'm. I, I'm gonna. If go. If go to our Discord. I'm gonna post a link to every single one of the tracks from this episode, and especially. Oh, you can. Especially the wharf oh chases. Oh, goes yes. down the hall. Oh. <laughs> bump, bump, bump. Um. Oh my God! Uh, some fun facts about Ron Jones. He did Ducktales, American Dad, oh, and Family Guy, and he also composed the theme song for The Fairly Odd Parents. Oh. Which is pretty That's rad. where I know his name from. So he's a yeah, Ronnie J is a big time. Booby big Trap, deal. like our favorite soundtrack was from Booby Trap. He did Booby yeah. Trap. Ooh. Parents. Um <laughs> Thanks for listening to Trek to the Holiday, Sorry. guys. Uh we are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on everywhere that you can get your podcasts. If you're listening everywhere. to this, you're most likely already have your podcast uh listening device. But if I could ask you to subscribe comment and rate us yeah commenting and rating us it would be very helpful a lot so that would be great and also make sure to check out our discord we have this new discord where it'll it's a cool little community where we can talk about everything star trek and share memes and and discuss new news and whatnot so go check that out too it's pretty fun yeah, yeah we're on instagram and twitter uh y- the computer's voice was provided by awesome voice actor Verona Blue. Uh, intro and outro music is by artist Bodyline, used with uh, permission from Midwest Collective. And you can get that song on Bandcamp if you want to listen to it. They also sell it on a cassette tape yeah. that Jan bought. Um, also, this is a fan podcast, so CBS, Viacom, if you're listening, fuck off. We, we're not taking any of your shit. We're not selling any of your shit. We just like your show. And we like to talk about it, so we're not we are we're not in a studio right now. Like this isn't a ploy where like we work for them. Also, that would be wild. Yeah, it's not a ploy. So just yeah, not a ploy. Now it sounds like a ploy because we I keep it's saying not it's, not it's not a ploy. Really, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not a ploy. <laughs> 
anyways thanks again for tuning in and uh, we'll see you guys next week bye bye and transmission spent virtually every free hour in the hollow suite and for a while I almost forgot he was a hologram that means the holodeck safeties are off computer execute complete shutdown of the holodeck all holo simulations have been terminated.